Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations in Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Support also comes from Wyndham Gordon Lafayette. From Charlie G's Restaurant on the south side of Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkenroad Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. I haven't actually conducted this survey, but I would think that if you ask most Americans what is Acadiana, they'd be more likely to guess it's a new model of Dodge truck than the heart of French Louisiana. And yet millions of Americans unknowingly have a long link to this part of the country. The wedding rings they're wearing, their earrings, watch bands, bracelets, and much more. Any piece of jewelry purchased in the United States is likely to have come from a company called Stuller Incorporated right here in Lafayette because Stuller is the largest jewelry manufacturer and distributor in North America. The founder, chairman and CEO of Stuller is Matthew Stuller. Everybody knows him here as Matt. So Matt, welcome out to lunch. Well, thank you, Peter. Here in Acadiana, music is an integral part of life. When you hear Zydeco or Cajun music, not only do you usually know the song, you often know the musicians playing it, and you might even know the person who made the instruments they're playing. If it's a fiddle, it might have been made by Lafayette violin maker and restorer. Anya Burgess, founder of Solo Violins. Anya, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, Matt, when you grow a company, there's a point at which you have to stop doing everything yourself and you have to start to delegate. With a specialized manufacturing enterprise like yours in a largely rural part of the country, how did you do that when you started out? And how do you do it now? Do you turn to local guys or do you convince people from around the country to move to Lafayette? My first uh, manufacturing convention up in New York City, this was in 1970, uh, I shared in a forum what my concept was of being able to build jewelry and distribute just in time, overnight delivery. And all the manufacturers said, Matthew, you know, that's a great dream, but it's impossible because you cannot get skilled labor. It wasn't impossible, but indeed they were correct, that you cannot get skilled labor here on jewelry manufacturing. But we found that that is probably the best thing going for us because we love to bring people in our local community area and we love to train them our way and so they don't have a predestined way of doing things. And we find that it's much easier to train than try to hire people who are already highly skilled in the manufacturing process. They do it your way. They do it my way, absolutely. (laughs) Now, Anya, it must be enormously rewarding to make musical instruments. It's like creating a work of art. Uh, As an artist gets better known, she can charge more for each individual piece. Successful artists sell their work for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is it the same for a musical instrument maker? Uh, Can you become Stradivarius? (laughs) Uh, Or do you have a more modest business model? Um, I don't think you can become Stradivarius, but... um, (laughs) But Stradivari's work is, you know, the ultimate model and the ultimate um, goal for every violin maker. Um, a lot of my time these days, since starting my my opening my business downtown, is is devoted more to restoration work and re- repairs and service of violin family instruments. I do still get a little bit of time to build, um, but not as much as 
I used to before I had the, the storefront downtown. And Anya, I can imagine you, sometimes you must get some old instruments that have fascinating stories oh, to them. everyone, almost, yeah. I love that part of my, my work. Um, not only do I get to meet really interesting people, a very eclectic you know, customer base, from musicians to non-musicians to you know, professionals to students, but I also you know, get to work on and, and inform the customer about their instruments. You. you are the ultimate uh, maker and restorer because you play the instrument, yes, right? Yes. And what do you, you've got yes. a couple of bands. Yes, I'm in two different local Cajun bands, uh, Bonsoir Catan and the Magnolia Sisters. And you I mean you've become an award winners, right? Yeah, both bands were nominated for a Grammy Award this past wow. year. So, um, in the regional roots category. So both bands went out to LA and lived it up for a weekend there's at the Grammys. Some, there's yeah. some pretty cool stuff over yeah, here. This yeah. is uh, amazing. You know, Matt, tell me about, uh, when you were talking about uh, changing the uh, the paradigm in the jewelry business, one of the things that keeps coming up when I read about you is that you're able to uh, make custom jewelry very quick, like in a three-day period. I mean, how do you do it and nobody else can? Well, uh, only the last few years we've been able to start manufacturing with that type of quick turnaround. Uh, in the beginning of the business, we built everything in advance. We put it on the shelf, yeah. and we waited for somebody to call and order it. And, of course, at that point, we would ship it that day, and it was guaranteed by Federal Express uh, the very next morning. And that's where we got our reputation for just-in-time inventory. However, you know, in the late 90s, the design and styling and color of metal and quality of metal really changed very substantially. It wasn't just 14 karat gold anymore. They wanted platinum and palladium. They wanted diridium. They wanted silver. They wanted uh, different colors. They wanted a two-tone. They wanted it their finger size. They wanted, you know, jewelers at one time wanted to put their own setting in the center of a mounting as an example, but at that point they wanted us to do it all. So we had to move from a process of 21 days to be able to build an item where at that time we were just putting it on the shelf to now, you know, we're down to about three days and even last Christmas we took about 3,000 orders a day that we really didn't even have it in stock and made it and shipped it that afternoon. So the Whoa. whole concept of very, very quick manufacturing, quick turnaround, eliminating the queues between processes uh, has really been able to give us a much broader selection and still maintain our, our reputation of just-in-time. And Matt, tell me where this works. I mean, you're not a jewelry retailer. Uh, who are your customers? Well, indeed, we are not, uh, and we have been adamant that we stay on the manufacturing and distribution side. Uh, we've got great partners, about 40,000 of them around the world, most of them in North America. These would be, um, would they be a big chain like a, like a Zales and also an individual kind of yes. jeweler? Yes. Uh, wow. Independent jewelers, uh, majors, small chains, uh, catalog showrooms, um, uh, you name it. Um, usually when a jeweler needs something that they don't have in their showcase, they have a sale for it. They need a quick delivery on it. Uh, we want them to think of Stuller first uh, and be able to ship the product that evening on the order so that they will have it the very next morning. Wow. And, they, and that's... Um 
Now, I, I originally thought you were all North America, but I see now you've got divisions abroad, right? Canada has come on very, very strong. We've put a big effort in that over the last 10 years. Um, we've got a, a little distribution facility. We have a large manufacturing facility down in Mexico, and that has come on very nicely. And, you know, we've only really promoted our international business over the last few years. Most of that promotion is selling uh, world-class uh, CAD CAM software. Uh, and everyone in the world needs a great software today in jewelry design. So um, the rest of the world is predominantly more software than it is actual product. And Anya, you're at a stage where, I mean, you're doing all the, I assume, are there other employees? I do have one employee now, yes. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's, that's a yeah, step, a new managing people. Exactly, a new wow. thing for me. Do you like that part? Um, that's a very different kind of skill set. It is different. Yeah, I've, I've really appreciated, you know, it's given me a little bit of breathing room. I don't have to be in the store um, for every hour that it's open. Now I, now I have somebody who can cover and do a does an excellent job. And does um, that free you to work with your hands? Yes. Yeah, it frees me to be at my workshop getting um, getting repairs and restoration work done. So I can my volume that I can accommodate is a little greater. What about online? Do you have people that have, have you I brought up that presence? I haven't ventured into that uh, side yet, but that is in my my goal, my plan. It would seem like it would, right? Definitely. I mean, people are. Yeah, definitely. Got, yeah, and yep. you could. Uh, do you do appraisal? Yes, I bet I that do. would be another. Uh, yep. People find something in their attic, and uh, yes, you could be like Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> That's it's it. Like you're a zillionaire. Yeah, There's that'd a, be great. You know, it's <laughs> interesting is both of you started in these businesses because you like to work with your hands, yes. and then they became businesses. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's uh, that's pretty terrific. Yeah. There's, uh, Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, you turn your passion into something you have to really work at. That's oh it. Yeah. 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 Sometimes that's not nearly as fun. <laughs> <laughs> they say you should do what you love, but I guess even that it gets carried away a little bit, huh? Well, I've changed that tune with my children. I used to say, follow your passions. But now I say, follow your passions that you can make a living with. <laughs> Much longer bumper, bumper sticker, but uh, still the, uh, the idea. Now, um, Matt, where is... Um, people tell me they see your facility. Whereabouts is it that people would... Well, we're now in the heart of Lafayette. We're right off of Collie Saloon Road. Uh, we built that facility in 1982. Prior to that... We were in my father's office <laughs> building downtown on General Mutual. Well, he had metal for fillings and stuff. That's where you got the stuff, right? Well, we didn't quite use the fillings to make jewelry for resale, but uh, we certainly used his equipment. Okay. <laughs> now, this is the time during the show we, we do something called the checklist. It's a part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. Anya, I'm going to start with you and uh, see if I can... Anya, you're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very personal question. You're going to do really well on it. Is uh, What advice would you give to your younger self? Like, if you could meet, again, now that you know everything, a mm -hmm. 12-year-old Anya, what, mm -hmm. would you, what would you tell her? Um, I would say don't be scared of the business end of things. Um, I think that was you know, something that's taken me the longest time to develop. I, I was trained to do the work, the manual work, the craft. Uh, I went to violin making school, and so my, my tool skills were, were up to par when I started my business, but um, everything else has developed very organically. Um, I've never taken a business class, um, and I've, 
you know, had the opportunity to in college, but just was never interested. So in. would you take one now? So if I you probably had a... would. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. So there was some apprehension learn. about making that leap from. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Pack. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. Just you know, I would probably just tell my younger self to to go for it and jump in, um, you know, jump in with confidence um, and just be be. Sh- um, yeah, just be sure of yourself. Just just jump in, fake it till you make it, and uh, and go from there. Now now I like that. Term. Yes, that, uh, that's the way we should live our lives. There's a, now, Matt, um, when you were a child, were you in leadership or entrepreneurial ventures? Has this always been sort of inside you? Uh, I think so, very much so. Um, you know, I started with uh, scouts and Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. Uh, made my Eagle uh, wow. rank years years later. Um, you know, I always felt that I could work best with my hands. So as a young kid, uh, I wanted to earn money. And so I did kids' yards uh, or people's yards, uh, delivering newspapers. Uh, the Coke bottles at two cents a piece was great. Man, I collected <laughs> Coke bottles everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. They, uh, what did you, as a kid, what did you like about it? Did it give you some independence or... Uh I think it's a combination of things. One, uh, I'm a type of person that I would like to be wide open all the time. So I like to stay busy. And if I'm going to be really busy, why shouldn't I have something to show for it? So uh, I really enjoyed earning the money and having the freedom from my family. I come from a large family of six. Wow. So uh, being in the middle, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, for me at the end of the day. The middle kids are the peacemakers, right? That's what they say, at least. I oh, no, they're the hellraisers. Oh, really? Actually. Okay. There's yeah, a, yeah, at least in, in my family. Another mistake has been made. Because <laughs> <laughs> your parents are sort of worn down from the first ones and get a chance. Yeah, we get away with a little bit more than, uh, the, than the older kids. <laughs> Now, Matt, you, when you had this business, um, you know, you must have been at some point kind of satisfied at, at some point that you created a great business and it was profitable and all. What made you push it to the level you've pushed it, though? Well, uh, I have never been satisfied, and okay. I'm not even satisfied today. Uh, I love to grow business. I just, it's, it's really fun. I love associates, our employees, to give them opportunities for careers, and their children and even grandchildren now are working at Stellar. Uh, I had a wonderful lady just uh, the other day came up and gave me a great big hug and said she just bought her first house and her whole family thanked me so much for that opportunity that they could own their own home. And those are the, the good feelings. Those are the, those are the real bars that you know, I, I like to get to. So I'm always disappointed with sales. Uh, so I'm always promoting and pushing. I don't think it is a situation about being too big or, or trying to get bigger. I just like to be on the cutting edge of being able to offer products and services to literally wow our customers. And Matt, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. You're, you're at a size here where obviously somebody's probably approached you about going public or, or selling out. Is it you love the independence? Well, actually, I love the jewelry industry, and I don't do it for the money. And I also like to have the freedom to be able to make the decisions my own. And I'm not interested in trying to figure out if can I make more money by the end of the quarter, as Wall Street would push right. you. So it gives me a great freedom that I, that I don't have partners, I don't have Wall Street looking over my shoulder, 
and it's a whole lot more fun. I, would, uh, I know a lot of public companies that would agree with you on that. <laughs> All right, let's check the inbox. And that's when our producer picks a question that's coming from a listener. Uh, Grant, what have you got? Uh, Peter, we have one question each for both of our guests today. This one for you, Anya, came in from Alan Bake in Lafayette. And he wants to know something about you and other violin makers. He says, what is the one or two things that set you apart from your competition? Set me apart from my competition. Okay. I am I'm specially trained um, as a violin maker and restorer. I went to violin making school. Um, and so I've, you know, very much just focused on the instrument singularly, uh, violin family instruments. I don't deal with guitars, I don't deal with pianos. Um, if somebody plays the violin um, and you know is looking for specialized treatment on their instrument, um, you know, they would bring it to me. Um, I also play the violin professionally. I'm a professional musician alongside being, you know, owning my, my violin uh, shop business. And so that just gives me a unique edge and ability to be able to set instruments up to their highest potential. Yeah. Here's a, a user. question for you, That's Matt, good. from Tommy Misho in Milton, who wants to know, what are some of the raw materials that you use in your business, and do you have concerns about the availability of some of those raw materials on the global market? Well, when it comes to the noble metals, um, no, I do not. Uh, I think there's ample metal throughout the world. Uh, those metals predominantly are gold, uh, platinum, palladium, rhodium, silver, uh, all noble metals, and plentiful supply. Uh, it comes to a different story when you get to the diamonds and gemstones. Uh, you know, that's kind of, uh, uh, they're scarce. Uh, you know, it takes a long time to be able to find a large diamond. And when you have a customer that uh, is looking for a stone with our style of delivery, we've got to carry it in stock. And you can't make it. It's not a widget. So you've really got to be able to source it from around the world. And uh, that is much, much more difficult than, uh, than gold medal. And I figured knowing Tommy, he'd have given me a harder question than that. <laughs> when you know the people calling in with the questions, that's amazing. They, uh now, Anya, Matt, it's time to meet our entrepreneur du jour. And let me introduce you to Wade Clément. Now, we met Wade through Innovate Acadiana. That's a regional nonprofit that helps Acadian entrepreneurs turn innovative ideas into profitable enterprises. Now, now Wade has an entrepreneurial idea, and it's called Lift Horse. I'm going to give Wade one minute to tell you about it, and then I'm going to give you each a chance to ask Wade one question, a question that you think he'll need to be able to answer to move his business forward. So, Wade, um, give us your one-minute pitch. Okay, well, my name is Wade Clemon. I, I have an AC company uh, out in Gaydon, Louisiana. Um, about 13 years ago, my business partner and I were uh, loading a heavy AC condensing unit into one of our trucks. Um, and it's never been an easy task. I mean, these things are heavy, bulky. We've had close calls where we've nearly dropped uh, equipment. And worse, had an injury, you know, having an, having an injury on this. And, and it happened. It happened one day where um, my business partner, we dropped a, a piece of equipment. And he ended up severely injured in, wow. in, in the hospital. And that's where I, I told him, I said, you know, there's stuff out there. It's got to be, we're going to buy something. As I searched, I, I, there, there was really nothing that I, I could see that would do the job we needed safely. And uh, so I began to 
tinker with this in my shop at night, just playing with different ideas. I came up with an idea where we had this piece of equipment that can do just that. I mean, it will load up to about 500 pounds safely. One man, I mean, I've never had an injury since I've used this. Uh, being, but it's, it's been evolving. But since then, the lift horse has come to be where it is today. Now, which one of you guys <laughs> wants to ask the first question? You want to start on Yeah, you? I'll start. Um, so beyond the HVAC industry, where do you see your company you know, having the, the greatest application? Well, I, I hope to get this thing off the ground. Right now, we have an inventory. Um, got with a company, man, a great company, VentureWorks, and we got this thing where we have an inventory now ready to sell, so we're at the very beginning of this part, so that would be my goal, to get into that part of it and hopefully not give up HVAC altogether, but I'm getting older and these ags are getting hotter, and I, I just, this, there's a better way to load and move equipment. Matt? Well, I tell you, my mind is spinning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how would you take this invention and to be able to price it correctly, market it to an industry that is nationwide anyway, mm -hmm. to, for applications from sportsmen to commercial yeah. use. I'm not that part of the business. I mean, I can create things, real things, and work with my hands, but the other part, I'm leaving it up to... Oh, that's... Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what do you... And the thing I was thinking about is, where would you... Do you see it going in a retail sense? I mean, do you see, like, a Home Depot it, selling yeah, it? Yeah, uh, I, I could see it in a retail. <laughs> Wait, thanks so much for coming by today. We'll look forward to following your progress with Lift Horse. Um, we're going to stick around for a little longer after the show and talk some more about Lift Horse. You'll be able to hear the rest of that conversation with Wade on our website, itsacadiana.com. Matt Stuller, Anya Burgess, your businesses are at opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of scale and production, but you share that combination of art and commerce and business with a heart and soul that epitomizes Acadiana and the people who live and work here. Thanks so much for joining me and uh, taking the time to be on Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Peter, thank you. I've enjoyed it very much and loved Wade's story. In fact, I'm looking it up on the internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Matt Stuller, Chairman and CEO of Stuller Incorporated, and Anya Burgess, founder of Sola Violins. Now, you can find out more about Matt's jewelry or Anya's instruments by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Charlie G's Restaurant Lafayette. Charlie G's is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with live music Thursday through Saturday. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, the technical producer is Eric Merle. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Our theme song Encore Monsieur Nice Guy is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Charlie G's for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank with locations in Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking 
treasury management and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Support also comes from Wyndham Gordon Lafayette. Thank you.